Welcome or welcome back to the History for Humanity podcast, IB History of the Americas edition. Today, we will be getting into the final stages of World War I. We are in the middle of the war that is nearing the end, which means there's a lot of combat going on. For starters, we're going to be talking about the fighting going on in the Western Front. The Germans came up with a great strategy to strengthen their defense lines, which was demonstrated through the Hindenburg Line that was under the command of Erich Ludendorff. Initially, the trenches and the front defense lines were not as efficient for victory, but instead necessary for survival because of the great advancements in military technology, which included weapons. Although the war was a major event during this time, it was not the only one. For example, in Russia, the Bolshevik Revolution began leading to a Russian civil war. However, its significance to the war was still present because the civil war and being a part of World War I was too much for Russia to handle. They had to choose one or the other, and given that many Russian citizens protested as a result of the loss because of World War I, they chose to fight their own internal socio-political problems. This led to the Treaty of Brest-Litovsk in March 1918. The treaty brought Russia out of the Great War and set them at peace with the Central Powers. The major significance during this time was that the U.S. finally entered the war, which would be a great relief to the Allies since they were already depleted with resources. Germany, on the other hand, was fighting on its own since Austria-Hungary could only do so much. The turning point was in the Battle of the Amiens, but it was at the Battle of Cambrai of November to December 1917 that the Allies broke through the German defense line. Germany, knowing that they would not be able to win the Battle of the Amiens, declared that they wanted an armistice. This was declared on November 11, 1918. Now, like I mentioned, Germany saw that because of their lack of resources, they would not be able to win the Battle of the Amiens, but other key parts played into why Germany wanted an armistice. The overall factor was that the Allies learned how to better strategize with their resources and armies as well as having major support from the U.S. entering the war. Germany was fighting alone and they were having internal problems with morale among other social issues. Having talked about some internal problems in countries, let's shift to talk about how the home front changed during World War I, specifically in the states. For starters, all civilians, the whole nation was involved in the war effort. Women joined the workforce, mostly dealing with increased war production. More government agencies were created to handle the new changing economy and increase in propaganda. Other developments during this time were War Industries Bonds, which was a government agency that dealt with improving wartime efficiency production, Liberty Bonds, which accounted for two-thirds of funding and were bought from the government by the civilians, and the Selective Service Act that was passed in 1917 that allowed men aged 21 or 35 to register for the military. Moving back to November 11, 1918, Armistice Day. This initiated talks about the Paris Peace Conference, in which the Big Four, Great Britain, France, the U.S., and Italy, discuss how to restore world peace. It was mainly signified by Wilson's 14 points. Wilson's main goals were for countries to maintain cordial relations, have European countries gain autonomy for themselves as to how they want their government to be run, and create a League of Nations. Wilson represented world peace in an idealistic way, without taking into consideration the damage that Europe was facing. France, for example, which was represented by Premier George Clemenceau, wanted Germany to pay for the damage they created through reparations in demilitarizing Germany. Britain, on the other hand, wanted reparations but also wanted the Slavs and Poland to have self-autonomy in pursuit of more land. 
Britain was led by Prime Minister David Lloyd George, and they were more likely the mediators between France and the United States. Italy, led by Prime Minister Vittorio Orlando, although considered a part of the Big Four, was not heavily included in the conference, wanted reparations, and at the same time, was not confident in the other nations' decisions. Although Wilson fought for everyone to not blame Germany, the Treaty of Versailles made sure to blame Germany for the start of World War I and for them to pay heavy reparations. Their military was shrunk and their land was split into various nations. The consequences were heavy and were crucial in starting the next world war, but we still have to wait and see what happens in the meantime. That seems to be all for today. The general recap deals with how the U.S. entry in the war greatly helped the Allies gain victory. Nations involved in the war dealt with internal issues as well, and once the Paris Peace Conference came by, peace was not achieved through diplomatic means. More so, it was putting heavy punishment on Germany, which would cause the opposite effect of maintaining a peaceful, non-threatening Germany. Hope that helps. Until next time, bye!